Hey there, we're the West Slot Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowsbo. Uh, today we continue our conference previews with a look at Michigan State. Uh, this is a squad we're going to see the week after Michigan. We, uh, you know, finish up with the Fighting Harbaugh's and then pack our bags and head out to East Lansing. Uh, so one thing to keep in mind is we're talking about Michigan State. Um, a lot of off-the-field drama and uh, just we'll put it right here. Awful situation. Absolutely terrible. Uh, they look just horrendous. We're going to say that, leave it there, and just talk about on the field because um, you know we're just not here to go in that off the field direction there's just too much and we could probably talk for over an hour on just how horrendous things are off the field at michigan state and we'd make ourselves really really mad and angry i, and I was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say we're all more than willing to do that and we have to restrain ourselves because we'll go way off the rails it, it, it's easy to easier to do that with like baylor because we don't see baylor and that's just easy to just fire off but you know in this situation in any case, we're going to talk about the, the, the Spartans there, on there the was field. A, there, was a, there was a particular event orchestrated by, by fans in Waco that I, uh, I find unforgivable. But, we'll, we're, again, I'm going to keep my blood pressure down and not go there right now. <laughs> we have enough to worry about with the Spartans on the field. Um, they bring back, like, everybody. Uh, they, they were a young team last year. They went 10-3. and three, And... Pretty much everyone's back defensively, John. We've been alluding to it in previous previews, but Schneikes, that D is uh, pretty solid. So here's the part where John eats the crow. Uh, look, as I've said multiple times on this pod over the past few months, I stand by my statement that Michigan State uh, was better last year than they had any right to be. I will also point out, that Michigan State had some of the exact problems last year on defense that I expected them to have. What I cannot do, however, is anything but admit giant defeat relative to my overall thesis on the Spartans' defense, which is that it would be average with a chance of disaster. The unit MSU <laughs> put on the field uh, last year was masterful. Um, now, to be fair, I never said that Michigan State would have a bad defense. What I said is that they had roughly the same talent level as we did defensively, but that the expectations were much higher for the Spartans than us. And at the end of the day, MSU did give up 20 points a game last year, uh, and Northwestern gave up 20.1 points a game. So in that respect, I was kind of right. Uh, but that is where the comparison ends, because Michigan State had the number one run defense in the conference, and the number three total defense in the conference, the seventh best defense in the country. Um, in essence, Michigan State was exactly what I thought they would be against the pass, and they were the absolute best possible scenario I could have possibly imagined against the run. Um, so, it all starts on the defensive line. Michigan State knew that they had a solid rising sophomore in defensive tackle Mike Panasek, and they had some other high three and four-star guys who could compete. 
the Spartans ended up hitting triple sevens with their sophomores. Um, along with Mike Panasek, Michigan State found a 6'4", 300-pound road grader in Raekwon Williams and a monster run-stopping end in Kenny Willickies. None of these guys get to the quarterback, but man, do they absorb linemen. And this is all fantastic for Michigan State, since they also unearthed a sophomore stud in linebacker Joe Batchy, who is going to be mentioned alongside Patty Fisher for the next several years because they're so similar. Batchy had 100 tackles and 8.5 TFLs last year, and the front seven as a whole, as Sam said, returns almost every starter. Um, the secondary doubles down against the run. Michigan State had has a senior strong safety in Kari Willis, who is basically a linebacker slash defensive end. Seriously, this guy had five and a half TFLs and four sacks last year as a safety. Um, both corners are basically on the field to tackle and be large, including Justin Lane, who's a 6'3 converted wide receiver. No one had any idea Michigan State would be nearly so good against the run last year, and the fact that they were masked the fact that, as I alluded to earlier, they were just as mediocre against the pass as they were the year before. So, Northwestern decommit, we all remember, free safety Andrew Dowell of the Dowell Twins had an impressive five interceptions, but Michigan State's corners picked off three passes combined, and they didn't break up many passes either. Michigan State got seven sacks out of Willickies, but no other defensive lineman had more than two. Only two other players had four, and as I said before, one of those was a safety. So that is some serious eight-men-in-the-box football Michigan State was playing. So they were seventh in the conference against the pass, exactly the same as they were the year before. That's not going to change this year either, because Michigan State brings back pretty much all of last year's defensive backs— and they sure as heck know where their bread is buttered defensively. Michigan State doesn't really have an impetus to change much of anything. So there's a lot of Northwestern in this defense in terms of its character, and not just because they start two Dowell twins who decommitted from Northwestern. Um, they aren't athletic so much as stout, strong, and smart. And I've got to give credit to uh, D'Antonio, who has finally managed to form a new identity in the post-Narduzzi era, which it took him a long time to do defensively. So Michigan State's one worry last season, or their one worry this season, should be that everyone is going to throw first against them and only run as a last resort. That should definitely include us. So this is a game that Clayton Thorson can probably win or lose on his own. So here's hoping this far into the season that he is in good shape, body and mind, when we travel to East Lansing because we're going to need it. Just to put a pin on that, like last year against Michigan State was our second lowest rushing total of the year. Uh, they held us to 64 yards on the ground, but we hit 370 through the air. Yeah, we all remember Flynn Nagel on the crossing route uh, late in the game, you know, for what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. We're going to need a lot of that because uh, we're not going to be moving the wall on the ground against this team. And again, strengths and weaknesses. Michigan State's strengths and weaknesses are clearly defined. Uh, don't try to run. Uh, so talking about the offensive side, I mean, kind of made mention that they brought back almost everyone on defense. They have 10 returning starters on offense, so it's you know not going to be much on the surprise front with the Spartan offense, but uh, what are we looking at here? 
Yeah, Sammy, there definitely won't be anything on the surprise front because the thing you can say about this offense the last two years is that it's been extremely boring and predictable. You could say that Michigan State is kind of like a Volvo on offense. They're boxy, but they're good. Uh, they have failed to eclipse 25 points per game in the last two years. Uh, and that is, again, they run on running downs and they pass on passing downs. And that's just the way that D'Antonio is going to call it. Um, Lewerke last year at, at QB was kind of their saving grace. He cut down on the sacks. He cut down on the turnovers. Uh, but they still didn't reach kind of the nadir of the double-digit positive turnover differential. differential and uh, less than 20 sacks on the year that they hit a couple times during the Connor Cook era. So here's what, here's what I said about Michigan State going into 2017. I said presumably they can get a little more luck with turnovers, but it's really hard to see how this offense can improve much on last year's effort. Similar to Iowa, stop the running backs on first and second down and get after Lewerke should be a good strategy. That turned out to be pretty darn accurate. And again, it's because of this this predictable offense. So Bill Connolly tracks how often teams run on standard downs and how often teams run on passing downs, like second or third and long. Uh Michigan State runs way more often on standard downs than the average team. Uh, they're like in the bottom third uh, of college football, and they pass way more on passing downs than the average team. Uh, side note, this run rate on standard downs is something that has dramatically improved for Northwestern's offense uh, during the last two years. So back to Michigan State. The difference uh, for Michigan State last year relative to the year before which didn't really change like their stats in terms of yards and points, et cetera, but it definitely impacted their efficiency, their third down conversions and their ability to stay in games. And that's that Lewerke was really good in those predictable passing situations. Uh, Bill Connolly in his preview really laments this approach uh, as he thinks it's just poor offensive strategy by Michigan state and that it's not, and that it's dumb to not pass on more standard downs. But the fact is that they were really effective. They were a top 30 offense uh, on second or third and long last year. This is in part what terrifies me to see Lewerke line up against Northwestern this fall. Last year, in addition to all this passing success, uh, he averaged 4.5 yards per carry on 124 attempts. Given his proficiency throwing the ball, he had close to 60% uh, completion percentage. His yards per attempt was decent, not great, but decent. Um... And the emergence of some classic Michigan State big play receivers, that is really problematic for the Cats. Now, whether Michigan State opens it up and let, lets Lewerke attack more often and become more of a dynamic threat on the offensive side, that remains a big question. Uh, given past trends, I think it seems more than likely that they lean on their senior, senior tailback, LJ Scott. He continues to just be kind of okay. He averaged four and a half on the ground last year, but he gained less than 1,000 yards. All the other running backs from last year's roster are pretty much gone. Likely to spell him are uh, newcomers Connor Hayward and Weston Bridges, neither of which carries the pedigree that Scott had coming out of high school. I mentioned the receivers. This group is pretty darn good for Michigan State. Um, I'm still replaying the crazy Felton Davis fourth quarter performance versus NU last year in my head, uh, and I play that with equal parts awe and apoplexy. Uh, he had similar big games against Iowa's stout secondary, uh, against Penn State, and in their bowl game. He, he missed a couple games last year to injury as well. But he really emerged as a fantastic threat that can attack downfield and, and really own uh, passes to the sideline that are not defensible by corners. If you know, Lewerke puts them in the right spot. Also emerging last year were two other threats. Daryl Stewart, 
uh, who's more of an over-the-middle guy, and then a big play downfield attacker in Cody White. Uh, I think this core res- resembles what we saw Michigan State trot out m- several years ago, much more closely. Uh, big physical receivers that can win matchups uh, and win one-on-one battles downfield. It allows Michigan State to be effective in those second and third and longs. Uh, and this, to me, is the missing element that they didn't have uh, right after Connor Cook left in uh, 2016. They've got a well-rounded tight end in Matt Sokol, and there is plenty of talent backing these guys up uh, across the the receiver and tight end positions. There's some potential questions on the offensive line. They lose their stud center, Brian Allen, to the NFL, uh, but they go from one Allen to another as his brother, Matthew Allen, uh, will step in this season. The other four starters and all the primary back, backups return. Uh, not a ton of like high pedigree, high, high-level recruit uh recruiting ranked guys in this group, but the O-line should be pretty darn solid. And when you think about Lewerke's ability to extend plays, throw while on the run, he's very talented in that fashion. So is his backup. Uh, That just kind of bolsters what the O-line is, uh, is going to, or helps mitigate what the O-line is going to be responsible for uh, and and gives them uh, some additional margin to work with. Ultimately, I think the only thing holding back this offense is the staff. Uh, the, I don't think they can get much more out of this engine, similar to last year, without changing the mix of run pass and let Lewerke loose. Uh, but they're still going to be an extremely tough out because of how good he is in third down situations and keeping drives alive. Based on this and based on John's review of the defense, um, I'm extremely concerned about playing this team this year. And I think I think they're kind of like a dark horse in the uh, in the Big Ten East. Uh, so let's talk their schedule because that that you know could lend uh, some credence to what you guys are saying. Uh, open up the season uh, at home against Utah State, uh, then they travel down uh, to visit Herm Edwards and the Arizona State. Don't call them Devils, Sun Devils. Um, they get their bye week, then they're at Indiana, home for Central Michigan, and uh, then October sixth, Northwestern is in town. Uh, it's their homecoming. They go to Penn State after us, then they're home for Michigan and Purdue, go to Maryland, home for Ohio State, at Nebraska, and home against Rutgers. Um, they get both Michigan and Ohio State at home. Uh, you know, they have to go to Penn State. You know, that's, you know, tough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Utah State, Arizona State, Central Michigan as your non-con isn't really, you know, not anything to really write home about as far as, uh, worrisomeness. Um, I will say though, going on the road at Arizona State in in place of creamy frosting is I tip my hat to the Spartans for doing that one. Yeah, can you? I mean, can you really say that in the Herm Edwards era? Hey, <laughs> I guess you, they had to schedule it long before the Hello, guys. <laughs> you play to win the game. <laughs> oh. Yeah, God, that's yeah. going to be fun this year. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's true. I I I totally forgot about Herm. I take back everything that I said. Good scheduling, Michigan State. <laughs> Eric Scalspo, Devil Daily. Oh God, yeah, right. Don't don't say that. Devils, don't say Devils. That. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, goodness. we digress. Yeah. Um, boy, you know, I almost. The more I look at this schedule, the more I think it's the more rosy I'm coming up on Michigan State. 
I think initially I was like eight wins and now it's ticked up to nine wins in my head. And now I'm like, can they do better? I think it's a shame they're on the road at Penn State because I kind of feel like they match up really well against Penn State. I kind of feel like their defense is as good as people think Penn State's defense is. And, you know, that Lewerke-McSorley duel is, I mean, that's that could be pretty fantastic. Um, I think if there's anything, I mean, it sounds like what Scuzz is saying is that... Um, that if anything, McSorley may be in an advantage there just because of the offense they'll let him run. Um, but I think given that they get Michigan at home... Um, and Ohio State at home. Well, Ohio State at home, but, I mean, they've owned Michigan re- you know, in recent history. And they Michigan State may have a darn good football team here regardless of the improvements Michigan may make. So... The you know the Spartans certainly ever have ever, every reason to believe they can win that one. And plus, um, plus, they avoid Wisconsin in the cross. I mean, they've got us, Purdue, and Nebraska, and that's Bro- definitely a step back from last year. I think. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna post our Nebraska preview later this week, but you know, Minnesota, Northwestern, and Iowa was the lineup last year. You know, so Northwestern's the same. Purdue or Nebraska is definitely a step down from Iowa, and then the other is you know probably on par with Minnesota last year. So that's that's certainly a bit easier. They also had um, five road games last year in conference. Granted, one was at Rutgers, which you can hardly count. But um, this year, only four road games in conference. So that's I mean that's a big deal. And I it's just this just. This looks like the Michigan State teams that you saw in 13, 14, and 15 that won the Big Ten East, what, two out of those three years? Or two of, yeah, two out of those three years? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, 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 the reverse way to look at it, of course, is, I mean, October is just brutal for the Spartans. Northwestern, Penn State, Michigan, and, and Purdue. Now, granted, they have three of those at home, but those are four potentially tough football games. Um, and, you know, if they make it through that meat grinder, then, you know, unscathed. And if somehow at that point they, they're leaving October 8-0, and then Ohio State better watch out. And suddenly Michigan State's going to be on this real Cinderella run. But that seems difficult. But to me, it's, you know, Lewerke and those wide receivers is, that is a formidable connection. And, you know, if... They can just if the brain trust will just unleash the potential of what those guys can do, then there could really be something there for Michigan State. But from what Scuzz is saying, it sounds like they have their bread buttered a certain way, and that they're going to dance with that come hell or high water. So I don't know. I just just throw on first down. That's all they need to do, really. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I mean, you know, for the Cats. We're going to line up in base defense and try to shut down their run. And you know, it was until it w- it wasn't until the fourth quarter last year when they kind of dialed up the pressure and changed the approach. And you saw what happened, right? Like we ended up in a in a shootout in overtime. You know, I anticipate. You know, we haven't gone deep on the cats yet this year, but I think we're 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 hopeful that they can hold serve. Maybe not quite as as strong as last season, but the run D is certainly good enough to stuff Michigan state. And there's enough experience in the secondary that I like their chances. The problem is work. so hard to get to and why they wouldn't put the ball in his hands more often. I just, I just don't understand that. 
So let, let me ask. I mean, so in 16, the season went completely off the rails, the 3-9, and nine, and then everything else in the last five years has been uh, 10 wins. If this went south for Michigan State, what would we be saying at the end of the season went wrong? That's a boy. That's a hard question because to me, Michigan State's got a a rock solid eight win floor here. Um, they oh I know Lewerke got hurt. That that's that's what I was. That's what I'd be I, saying. I don't see how any other. I mean, unless like if they had a ton of injuries on the O line and they couldn't they couldn't protect him to save their lives, like that right. could be plausible as well. Um, I mean, that's I, the. Lewerke I don't. Gets, I, yeah. Could the could the defense fall apart in any fashion? I mean, they just seem so solid. So. They're young and solid. I think they they could be better. You know, I mean, it's what it was a bunch of sophomores. So well, I, I doubt I, it. I, and I don't think the quarterbacks in the Big Ten are good enough to really di- slice them and dice them. Like, you know, Michigan presumably has a good QB. We have a good QB. Penn State has a good QB. Purdue, Ohio, Purdue, maybe. Ohio State, maybe, but that's, you know, what worst case if they can't if they can't defend a pass to save their lives and they give up 500 yards passing a game, they end up seven and five. Right. I mean, they're noticeably better by a good margin than eight teams they play. So I mean, I mean by a lot. So you're talking a, there would have to be something really go wrong here. Um, and I mean, that's the thing. It's like something happens to Lewerke, which I wouldn't wish that on them. Um, but I just feel like for me, it's more a question of, well, if it all comes together for them, like it could, what are their chances against the, you know, the toughest part of their schedule, Northwestern, Penn state, Michigan, um, and Ohio state. Um, what can they do there? Um, can they get over some of those humps? And again, you know, we've been doing pretty well against them and they've been doing pretty well against Michigan, but I guess, you know, their probably best hope is that uh, you end up with some sort of bloodbath in the East, right? And for that to happen, someone's got to nick Ohio State. So it's a question of, of who gets a piece of Ohio State. Maybe it's them. I don't know. Um, maybe they take the, the, the training wheels off Lewerke and really let him dictate some games. And if, if that happens, that this team can play with anybody for sure. So 7-5, and five, absolute floor? I mean, I... I I have a hard time seeing them below nine and three. I that's my for me the absolute basement is eight and uh, oh boy I'll I will say I'll oh god it's I mean, that's it's tough the, you, I'll say you could, I'll you say could, nine you could see ten though I mean, you don't oh, really for, have oh, to squint sure. to see tw- ten no, could you see eleven sure. yes could yeah you see twelve. I mean, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw the so. line there. Yeah. But I could see 11. Um, and, I mean, I could see them going on the road and losing to Penn State and then going on some crazy run after that where they beat Michigan and Ohio State. Doubtful. But I, I'm going to go with Scuds. I'll, I'll say some things don't break their way. The, you know, the, uh, the play calling hamstrings them a little bit, and they still, you know, they, this team could easily 9-3 and three, win a bowl game and, you I mean, 10-3. and three, That seems very plausible. All right. Well, that'll just about wrap it up for our discussion on Michigan State. Head to our website, westlawpirates.com, to leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Westlaw Pirates. You can call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. And email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. 
Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics and look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skousboy, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.